Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rich Swabinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here live from the beautiful Terrania Resort, uh, Rancho Palos Verdes, California, uh, TMC Summer Conference Reunited 2021. Here once again with Monday Mortgage Quarterback, uh, our Monday morning, every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, I'm joined by six lender member correspondents uh, from TMC lender member companies representing the six cities involved in the three biggest NFL games from the Sunday prior. Uh, We're going to look to these correspondents, uh, one, to give us an update on their local housing markets um, and also have a, a little fun talking about the NFL action that took place the day before. And another great day of action yesterday in the NFL, week two, a lot of exciting games. I'm happy my Browns got it done uh, to go to one and one. The Steelers lost, uh, which also makes me happy. The Ravens ended up winning. We'll get to that game in a moment. The Bills completely dominated the Dolphins, 35-0, and really a shocker after the Dolphins came out and beat the Patriots in week one. Basically, the whole MC West is 2-0. and We knew that division was going to be great going into the season. The Bucs, 2-0, the defending champs, no surprise there. But three teams that are also 2-0, really a surprise, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Panthers, all looking good out of the gates. Um, And, of course, three great games. We pre-picked these games in advance, obviously, to get the correspondence queued up. And just three amazing football games yesterday that we're going to go through. Uh, The Titans coming back to shock the Seahawks in overtime a depleted Dallas Cowboys team finding a way to get it done uh, and beat a really good LA Chargers team. And then last night in the Sunday night spectacle, uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens uh, coming from behind to knock off Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs. So uh, before we get into it, I'd like to start by introducing our correspondents this week. Uh, We will start in Nashville, Tennessee with the CEO of First Community Mortgage, Keith Canner. Keith, good to see you. Hey, Rich, thanks for uh, letting me on today. What a beautiful resort we're at, and I uh, look forward to talking about the games. Awesome. Uh, also joining us from Seattle, Washington, the CFO of First Security Bank of Washington, Matt Mullet. Matt, good to see you, man. Good morning. Uh, I can't say I had the same positive attitude towards the game last <laughs> yesterday, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, representing Dallas, Texas, the CFO of Thrive Mortgage, Michael Jones. Michael, nice backdrop. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys picked a heck of a resort. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous out here. So excited to be here. This place does not suck. Uh, That much is uh, true. Uh, EVP, a quick mortgage representing the LA Chargers, also out here at Terrania. Paul Campbell. Paul, good to see you, man. Hey, Rich. Monday morning is amazing here at Terrania. Love to be here. And, you know, we had a rough day yesterday. We'll get to it, though. Uh, representing uh, Baltimore, Maryland, the SVP Capital Markets for Capital Bank. Heidi Tinnewick. Heidi, good to see you. Good to see you guys. Happy about that win yesterday. It was uh, spectacular. Win. Yeah. Can't wait to get into it more. Wish and I was out in Terrania. <laughs> we wish you were too. So <laughs> you and Lisa, I see Lisa laying in attendance. So no more missed TMC conferences for you two. You're two of our favorites. Yeah. So. Um, and uh, representing Kansas City, the SVP uh, and Chief Lending Officer for First Federal Bank of Kansas City, Les Peterson. Les, good to see you, man. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on, and uh, great kickoff to the conference yesterday. Awesome. Good stuff, and yeah, looking forward to 
as soon as this show ends, heading down to our opening general session, a little frenetic, uh, and I'll try to keep my big head in the way of the sun in the background here. So um, let's start with the Titans-Seahawks game. What a game. It looked awful for Tennessee coming off a week one loss, the much maligned defense. They're down 30-16 in the fourth quarter, and then just really completely dominate the fourth quarter in overtime. Derrick Henry, just an incredible day, over 180 yards rushing, caught six balls for 55 yards, and uh, just a huge comeback. Uh, and uh, Keith, we talked a little bit about it last night at the opening reception, but a huge win for Tennessee. Yeah, it was, Rich. As you already mentioned, the uh, the throttling that the Arizona Cardinals gave uh, the Titans in the opener in Nashville. Didn't have a lot of hope, obviously, traveling out west, all the way out west. One of the toughest venues to play in in the NFL. Top five quarterback in Russell Wilson. As you said, I think it was 24-9 at half, 30-16 uh, in the fourth quarter. But as the Seahawks have a great quarterback, we obviously have a great running back in uh, King Henry. And uh, a great stat for you here, Rich. I saw this on SportsCenter last night. Um, Henry now has four games where he's gone over 175 yards with three touchdowns. And that ties LaDainian Tomlinson at, at, with four games doing that. Guess who's number one with five games over 175 yards and three touchdowns? Jim Brown. That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I knew it's it was a Cleveland guy. That was a, <laughs> exactly. We so, didn't rehearse that either. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, if they would have gone down 0-2, it would have been a really tough uh, pill to swallow. They probably didn't deserve to, Their defense has got to get some things straightened out. But I think they take on the character of their coach, Mike Brable. Um, they just uh, found a way to get it done. And uh, in the NFL, a win is a win. You take it any way you can get it. Former former Buckeye Mike Vrabel, really tough-minded guy. And, yeah, I would agree they do embody the spirit of him as a coach. And tough to win in Seattle, the 12th man, their first time in that building in a long time. Uh, I didn't watch much of the game, but uh, it had to be just a crazy environment. And, Matt, Seattle's got a really good team. They got one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league. It's, well, not panic time here, right? But this is a game that they had uh, in uh, in hand. And if there's any sense of panic, but it's, it's just the NFC West is loaded. I mean, what a great division. So when you lose one like this, so you're up 14 in the fourth quarter, obviously a little tough. So your thoughts on the game as a Seahawks fan? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was one where the Seahawks seemed to, they love to go into prevent, uh, prevent to uh, prevent themselves from winning the game. It seemed like at the end, uh, you know, silly stuff, penalties. It's a uh, Pete Carroll team that always is going to have a little more penalties than a normal, you know, kind of football team. But yeah, I don't know what happened. It's just, uh, they, they went uh, from exciting and, uh, and moving the ball to not moving the ball at all. And, uh, you know, letting the uh, Titans back in the game and yeah, it was painful. And then we had to, you know, basically a uh, watch right before that, the uh, uh, Cardinals managed to squeak out a win. So it was, yeah, it was painful. It's, uh, but it happens, you know, the Hawks are, they're in a good place. It's, uh, I, I think they're still kind of getting used to the new offense. So it's, let's hope anyways. Moving on to the Cowboys 2017 win over the Chargers. Uh, Michael Jones from Thrive Mortgage. So good. Dallas played great in the Thursday night opener. A, a tough loss to Brady in the box. They come back this week, and, man, they're missing their left tackle. They're missing both their defensive ends. Injuries all up and down the roster. Uh, going to L.A., I heard it was about a 50-50 Dallas crowd, but to play a really good Chargers team, um, you know, underdogs in the game, and find a way to get it done. Dak Prescott, 23-27, of 27, leads a game-winning, ultimately, drive that led to 
56 yard walk off field goal from Greg, the leg Zerline huge win for the Cowboys. Cause you know, to be staring down the barrel. Oh, and two, even in the NFC East where you could maybe win that division at eight and nine, uh, a great win for the Cowboys yesterday. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think part of the struggle that they had was just coming off such a tough week one, you know, I mean, that was such a close game and they put a lot into that. So I think the strategy was to try to get Dak to rest a little bit. And I mean, he didn't throw for a single touchdown. I think he had about 237 yards. So they definitely made it happen on the ground. And I'll tell you, I really feel like the Cowboys defense stepped up um, because they had a number of good, big stops. And I think that allowed the offense to heal up because they're going to have a tough Philadelphia game week three. At least that's going to be in Dallas, but they have not had an easy start to the schedule. So, yeah, I think going into week three at 0-2 would have been very tough. Yeah, the linebacker they took out of Penn State, Micah Parsons, looks like the real deal. He sat out last year to save up for the draft and uh, he, he their defense uh, even in the Tampa Bay game I, I think that there were some good signs out of the defense and an emerging little storyline with this Tony Pollard I mean outrushing Zeke Elliott my guy from OSU yesterday I mean it's they got a couple good backs it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that one it is yeah and I, I think you could definitely see it I think, I think you went on mute inadvertently, Michael. There you go. Need if he's going to stay healthy for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think they're trying to manage his workload. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Paul, the Chargers, I'm bullish on the Chargers this year. I love their team. I think Justin Herbert is going to be one of the next great quarterbacks. He played pretty good yesterday. It was a weird game for the Chargers. A ton of freaking penalties. Some ill-timed turnovers. They had two touchdowns taken back because of penalties. I think after one of them, Herbert threw a pick right after it and just kind of a weird game and a close loss. Uh, your thoughts as a as a Chargers fan? I mean, you know, Justin's in the year two coming out of Oregon. He's, he's going to be phenomenal. I think he is. I'm still bullish on him and I'm still bullish on the team. The Chargers are really exciting. Defense is strong. I don't know why we got run over a little bit yesterday. That was kind of tough. I think the the turnovers kind of had a lot to do with it and, and just throwing away in the end zone in the end there was just kind of critical. Uh, Greg, the leg and that 56 yarder did not help. But when you look at overall what we're doing here with the Chargers, I think we got a team that's going to be super competitive for the rest of the year. Uh, Austin Eckler, we got tons of talent. We can run the ball. We got a good defense. We can get around. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And we put it together last year, a little bit late, right? So I, I think by midseason, we're going to hit that form and that stride. And it's just going to be exciting for the Chargers. I agree. It's a rookie head coach who's very well regarded, but, you know, still a rookie head coach. The quarterback's still young, but a lot of close losses for the Chargers the last couple of years. But I think you see it coming together. This is a team that is on the rise and uh, uh, could be one of those teams that limps into the playoffs as a wild card and is a very, very live Super Bowl sleeper. So let's see how that plays out. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if we do limp into the playoffs, I think we can make a lot of noise and that's going to be exciting. I agree. Heidi. Baltimore Ravens. I'm a Browns fan. So I'm just being honest. I was cheering with everything in my body for them to lose last night. And the uh, lobby bar was packed with people watching the ending of that game. What an ending to the game, though. It was really amazing. Uh, the Ravens make a comeback. Clyde Edward Tiller fumbles. The Ravens go down and score. Then they get the ball back. And in really an epic, just Sports Center morning highlight, fourth and one. At their own 43, up one with 40 some seconds left. They go, Jim Har or uh, John Harbaugh screams to Lamar, You want to go for it? Uh, anybody else punts the ball there, you punt it away. They go for it, they get it. Huge win for the Ravens. Uh, uh, payback win. They've had some big losses to KC. 
And uh, Ravens, uh, great, great win. Uh, it had to be exciting to watch last night. Absolutely exciting. I think, uh, you know, from a, from John Harbaugh perspective, if you gave the ball back to Kansas City, there's just that risk. They're just good. They're real good chance they're going to come back. They're going to score. So, I mean, the Ravens going into this, I think the odds are against them. They, I think the story on that one goes into the injuries that they've had, you know, coming into the season opener and into this week. They're really looking at the running backs and, you know, we signed what Latavius Murray, Freeman, both of those are recent additions coming into September and uh, everybody seemed to really step in, perform. They uh, just kept at it, kept hammering away. Great win. As you mentioned, they lost pretty much every running back on the roster. Uh, Yeah. And as much as I dislike the Ravens and the Steelers, a lot of respect for Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh, just the job that they continue to do year after year. Um, with teams that aren't breaking the bank for free agents and they just continue to knock it out and win. And AFC North is going to be a battle Royal this year with the Ravens, the Steelers and the Browns, and going to be fun to see how that plays out. So last, the chiefs, uh, a big win comeback win in week one over the Browns, a tough start to the schedule for them, man. And, uh, you know, they had this one really, if Edward Slayer doesn't fumble, they probably win the game. And uh, Mahomes throws his first interception ever in the month of September. A pretty amazing stat. Um, and, you know, no panic time here. The Chiefs are going to be great. Fine. The division is better, though. You got the Broncos at yep. 2-0. and uh, You got the Chargers that uh, we just talked about are, are going to be a lot to deal with. Um, so it's uh, your thoughts on the game uh, from the Chiefs' point of view. Well, one, it was an epic finish. That, that was just um... – you know, you don't see that going fourth and one like that, where it's almost a guaranteed field goal with one first down. Um, they had obviously the Chiefs had plenty of time and timeouts, so that was a extremely gutsy call. Um, but I went into the game a little nervous just because you got a MVP quarterback on the other side, uh, your opponent, and everybody says they didn't have a chance to win, and which just scares the heck out of me because. You know, great players like that can do obviously great things like they did last night. So, but I'm I'm excited just about the um, you know these two quarterbacks. The rivalry we're going to see over the next decade is going to be a lot of fun to watch this because this this highlight will be shown for years to come, leading up to every time they face each other again. Um, so it's almost you know the Ollie Foreman type of setup for the next decade. It's kind of exciting. Some great young quarterbacks in the yeah. AFC. Oh, my God. When all the top teams, a couple new ones in the mix, Mac Jones and uh, Zach Wilson in New York. So uh, it'll be fun to see uh, how that all plays out. And, uh, yeah, it really was a great game last night. So, um, so moving our attention from the NFL games to these six local housing markets, part of the motivation in doing this show, just all that has changed with the mortgage industry uh, over the course of the last year and a half, uh, so many of our lenders with more of just a national uh, mindset and approach to lending, if it's hiring operations, people or markets they want to go into. Um, so, uh, you know, a big part of the motivation of this show is bringing on great, insightful lender members of ours um, to give a little insight into their housing markets, their local housing markets, and going to go through the uh, group one more time in the same order to get that perspective Uh Keith, we'll start with you, CEO, First Community Mortgage, Nashville, Tennessee. Everybody knows that part of the country is just booming. We've read all the stories and heard all the anecdotes about people kind of moving from the coasts to uh, places and cities like Nashville that are really emerging. It's got to be fun to be a mortgage lender in uh, that's headquartered in that uh, part of the country right now. 
It sure is, Rich. Uh, really, what I wanted to talk about this morning were some really exciting job growth uh, trends in Nashville with these these companies coming in. So, over the last couple of years, you know, it was, it's been probably three years ago. We had Amazon, uh, you know, come in. They, they're they're adding two thousand jobs. Median wage to those jobs at one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Just just mm-hmm. amazing. They just finished that building in Nashville, uh, so they're they're moving in now. Uh, then over the last 12 months, we have the announcement of Oracle coming to Nashville. And uh, by the year 2031, they're going to add 8,500 jobs. And most people think ancillary of that will be another 11,000 jobs that will come with that move. Um, the average wage of those jobs, over $110,000. Uh, so just pretty amazing. And then, you know, on the heels of that announcement, uh, GM um, announced they were going to invest $2.5 billion dollars into a uh, uh, one of their plants, which is about 45 minutes south of Nashville uh, in the Spring Hill area. And that's where they're building Cadillacs now. And that's where they're going to build some uh, electric high-end uh, vehicles for Cadillacs. So uh, the job growth is just amazing, especially when you talk about companies like, you know, Amazon and, and Oracle and, and, and GM doing the things they've done. And just to give you a look, kind of some stats on, on home prices, in um, the median for the first six months of the year, the median home price sale uh, in Nashville was just over six hundred thousand dollars. But if you if you extrapolate out June alone, the sales price was six hundred and seventy thousand. Wow! So the median was six hundred. Just in June, it was six hundred and seventy. So it shows price, home prices have gone up over ten percent just in the first six months. So we're on pace for another fifteen to twenty percent increase in home prices. And, uh, you know, when does the music stop? Right. You know, but uh, uh, we just keep on keep on growing. And um, uh, a lot of it's, again, fueled by outside people coming in and then these tremendous job opportunities with these great companies coming to Nashville. Yeah, it really has been amazing to see the growth of that city in that area. And uh, thank you for the excellent report and uh, excellent uh, analysis of the Nashville housing market and uh, Matt, CFO for Security Bank of Washington, longtime TMC member, Great Bank, leading mortgage lender up in the Northwest. I got to admit, I when I started to do my little pre-show research on the Seattle housing market, I was blown away at what I was seeing. Uh, one of the things we send out is the Redfin Complete Score, um, kind of gives a zero to 100 score to each housing market, how hot it is. The highest I've ever seen in all the cities we've researched for this show, 85 out of 100. And, uh, you know, really went on to describe an incredibly competitive uh, Seattle housing market with uh, really amazing amounts of demand. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about the Seattle, Washington housing market. Yeah, it's been uh, (laughs) it's been an interesting run for a while. It's, um, you know, obviously very similar to the the story of Nashville, the the Amazon job growth. I think Amazon announced they're going to add another 15,000 jobs in the greater Seattle, Bellevue area. And so there, there's just jobs. And we have this weird situation where uh, if you visit the Northwest, the Seattle area specifically, you have the Puget Sound, you have Lake Washington, and then you have the, uh, the Cascade Mountains, right? And so you're in this realm with not a whole lot of area to build. And so that creates a limited supply of housing, a massive demand with all the jobs being created. And it's less than a month of inventory. And it's always been that way, uh, at least for the last couple of years. It's been a very, very hot housing market. Um, the offset to that is you always get concerned about it's too hot. Um, and so what has been interesting, uh, maybe in just the last six months or so, we're seeing that kind of that Seattle market has 
you know, the, the, the price appreciation, which has been 15% plus a couple of years here in a row, um, that we're seeing it on the high-end homes. It's starting to slow down, but we're seeing the, the markets right outside of Seattle uh, still having that 15 to 17% growth kind of year over year over year over year. And it's still a very, very competitive market uh, in both kind of the downtown core and the, and the outer markets that are surrounding it. So, yeah, it's been busy. Wild. Michael, uh, Thrive Mortgage, uh, leading lender all throughout the state of Texas and surrounding areas. Uh, the uh, Dallas, Texas housing market, any other notable trends just in Texas housing in general? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, thankfully, Texas has always had a relatively affordable price point. Uh, now, that's been changing somewhat over the last few years, but I would say still relatively speaking, especially given how hot a number of our markets are, it's still pretty affordable. Um, part of the problem you're seeing, though, is that because we have so much land that is available to build on, these cities just keep growing and growing and growing. Thankfully, Dallas has the DART, uh, which is a rapid transit system that I think they're going to continue to build out. And it helps bring some of those families that have gone outside of the core for affordability to be able to travel back in for work. But um, hopefully the remote work trend is going to alleviate that somewhat. I think that's still going to be a pain point for affordable housing. And um, that's something that we're focusing on and really just trying to keep an eye on is how do we, given that these price points keep appreciating, how can con continue to serve first time home buyers? And people that are just getting pushed out further and further. So the state of Texas is trying to figure that out, uh, trying to make sure that it can still be affordable uh, for people to have homes relatively close to the cities. And I know that they're looking at manufactured home communities and they're really trying to pull out all the stops to make sure that uh, that home ownership is sustainable. That's awesome. Uh, Paul Campbell, uh, you served a unique role, having a couple different companies that are great members of TMC, uh, your mortgage company, Quick Mortgage, uh, also your fulfillment services company, Equilibrium Solutions, that helps out so many of our lender members on the uh, outsourcing fulfillment side. You're actually a San Diego guy, a couple hours from LA, but obviously you know that Southern California housing market really good. LA, you know, we hear about some of the negatives, the high price point and the fires, some of the other issues going to, but you know, as evidenced by my background, like the most beautiful place in the world, maybe. How is LA housing, the LA housing market played out uh, post-pandemic? You know, when you look at it, Rich, is 20% is, is what the appreciation rate has been. And we're looking at what, number one, number two market in America. So what we're getting now is a little bit of relief. It kind of looks weird because houses have stopped. It's kind of plateaued a little bit, especially on the high end. You're seeing it come in a little bit lower with regard to pricing. So what's happening is houses are staying on the market a little bit more. So we're actually getting some inventory. It'll never be, a, I don't think it'll be a buyer's market anytime soon. But the cool thing is there's gonna be some opportunity creeping in. And I think with the pandemic, what we've seen is, you know, a lot of the congestion in LA or at least a little bit of kind of tapered off and, you know, folks are kind of working remote work from home, which I'll be talking about today, I believe. And, and, and that's just helping overall to where the neighborhood communities like Pasadena and other places, if you will, uh, Glendale are starting to get some exposure. And then even further out, um, out to Riverside County, and of course, you know, maybe bridging down to San Diego, San Diego super hot as well. You, you're seeing folks being able to buy some more affordable housing. So, and which bodes well, I, I think, you know, having a culture where organizations can work at home remote as well as a hybrid is what I would say is going to really help out LA. I know a lot of our folks in, in Southern Cal are moving out to Tennessee. So I hear a couple of our friends have, and you know, that's the baby boomers doing what they do. You know, they're coming to the end of the rope 
Yeah. Uh, they want to have a phenomenal home. They still want to be in a safe environment. And, and uh, Tennessee is just a hot choice. Uh, having to have lived in, in the Puget Sound area, you know, I lived in Bellevue for some time. Hats off to you. It's just a beautiful market as well. And uh, I think it'll, it's all going to go well. I'm an eternal optimist, and it's looking good in my, from my perspective. Awesome. Yeah, in addition to three amazing NFL games yesterday, six really cool housing markets to get more insight into. And Heidi, the Baltimore housing market, another one that I was just surprised at how hot, how competitive it is just relative nationally um, to other cities. And, you know, the Redfin complete score was really high on Baltimore as well. Take us inside the Baltimore housing market. You know, Baltimore overall, you know, we're really what's considered the DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia. And within this area, housing historically has been competitive. Of course, with the pandemic, it has really uh, gone to a level that it's never been seen before. I don't remember even back, I say back in the day, but back in uh, you know 2006, 2005, I think it's more competitive today than it was at that point. You know, Baltimore City, you have Baltimore City and you have Baltimore County. Baltimore City itself, you have an average sales price of 225000 Baltimore County, you have an average sales price of 305000 but when you get outside of those and you look at Maryland as a whole, you have your average price around 435000 And it really is dependent on which county you're in as to how high those sales prices are going to go. In Baltimore City, it's a little bit more affordable. You have a lot more of the attached homes. Some of those are um, really, there's a lot of push to get the affordable lending within Baltimore County or Baltimore City. And there's a lot of push to do renovation within those areas to those homes to kind of get them out to the community. Um, and get those out to those community members. So it's been very active market. Outstanding analysis, Heidi. Great to hear. And uh, moving on to Les, we had your buddy, fellow Kansas City native Ryan Weeby, also out here uh, on last week to analyze that uh, agonizing Chiefs Browns game. Uh, you know, <laughs> he spoke to a really hot Kansas City housing market, a lot of impact of tech jobs and yep. tech impact. Uh, take us inside the Kansas City, Missouri housing market, Les. You know, it's um, hot. I think the Redfin number was 75 or 76 that you'd shared with us. Um, I would say it's it's not quite as frenzied as it was, you know, back in the early spring. Um, you know, when you're hearing all the stories about the, you know, a dozen offers and things like that on, on properties, but it's still extremely hot, have a lot of quick uh, contracts, you know, in order to win the bid. Um, so you have to deal with that, obviously, in operations. The the other, we're also a fairly big uh, construction lender. So we do a lot of construction perm and, you know, our builders um, are really filling, um, you know, just the volume issues that they have to deal with. Um, you know, just the uh, labor, you know, trying to get folks to get the houses completed, get the material in, things like that. So, we're seeing those uh, pressures on, you know, just the supply chain in uh, the new construction area. But I would say it, it is probably as hot as I can ever remember in the Kansas City market. Uh, but maybe just the frenzy has died down just a little bit. Great analysis by all of the football action and the local housing markets. Want to thank our correspondents, uh, Keith Cantor, uh, Matt Mullet. Uh, Heidi Sinewick, Les Peterson, Michael Jones, Paul Campbell, thank you guys all for taking some time out to join us this week. Really appreciated your insight. Thank you, Rich. Thanks for Thanks, having us. Rich.
And to all of our live attendees, thanks for joining us. And to many of you that listen to this via podcast or on our YouTube channel, uh, every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, the Monday Mortgage Quarterback. And until next week, have a great week, everyone. Take care. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.